0: The program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Any doubts in my mind? Because I'm the best in the world. Even though a lot of you don't like to hear it, I just—it's fact. I'm the best. You know what I mean? I sometimes I don't want to believe it myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. Enough with the formality. I think we all know what time. It is. It's time for the IC Robot show with your host, the Champ. IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I'm from Jupiter. It is me again, your host, the Champ. IC Robots, and I'm still not a hero sacrifice like at least like a little bit of my week each and every week every day every week make your week a bit less week and this week it is going to get so much less week we're going to talk about the justice league we got a call from angus mcshay we're going to talk about that we got all kinds of fun stuff but let's let's start off with the new jam all right hold it now hit it Breakdown. i'm a jack Being a favor. I bet y'all are. Come up, me, Here's my first mm-hmm. you in the Come up, me, You were listening to the Icy Robot Show. Hey, you want to hear a good joke? Nobody speaks. Nobody gets choked. i All right, I am situated. I am back. I am out in the garage for whatever reason. The uh lawyer that I know, Angus McShay, for whatever reason, when he calls, he always calls on the garage phone. We have a separate phone in the garage. I've talked about this before. It's it's weird. I don't know why it was put there, but it was there before we got here, so it is what it is. Uh, but we have. We have like an old answering machine, like a tape answering machine out there. We hardly ever check it, but this dude, this guy Angus, calls me on that phone. I don't know why. So I had to, I had to run over there with the mini recorder. I could have just recorded it, I guess, on the mini recorder and then brought it to the, uh, the main office for editing. But whatever. At, at any rate, I'm out here in the garage with the, um, with the mini recorder, and we're gonna, we're gonna check out. What Angus had to say. I've already heard it. I'm gonna play it, but I'm gonna play it for you guys. I got his permission. We're gonna, we're gonna play it. We'll see what he says. You guys can let me know what you think, and I'll tell you what I think, and that'll be, that'll be cool. Let's, uh, let's get to it. Here we go. Hold on. Let me. Uh, got it. Here we go. Hello there, laddie. It's me, Angus. You're all you. So my boy I talked to the legal folks at Pooptronics this past week. They told me that they are willing to have you back but that you would have to transfer to the cell phone tower in the Sahara Desert. You'd be out there alone manning the tower for 18 weeks at a stretch with one week off back in California. Listen my boy I'd consider the offer. I will work on getting you your back wages but they are playing hardball in that area. They mention that you might owe them for the time you're away. I wouldn't worry about that. It almost never happens. Anyhow, my son, this is enough of a blether and it's been a bra. Talk soon. It's enough of a blether and it's been a bra. What does that even mean? That's that's some kind of wacky Scottish uh, slang, I guess. So, the... The basis of that is they've offered me my position back at Pooptronics, but I'd have to transfer from the Jupiter Moon base to their base in the Sahara Desert. It would be like an 18-week stretch with one week off, and that would be the rotation. I, I've i already talked to Angus, and he thinks that maybe they'll uh, come around with something a bit better, but he also thinks that this might be my one shot to get back into Pooptronics, which... Which who knows? It could eventually lead to me going back to uh, a Jupiter moon base with Iceberg and Emily. But uh, he he doesn't feel that great about the lost wages. There's no way I'm going to pay them for the time I'm off, though. That won't that won't even happen. But uh, I, I I don't know what to say about this. I I'd kind of hope that he would. You know, he'd write him a letter. They would uh, acquiesce, and then I would be back amongst the stars but it hasn't uh have you ever been in a position like this have you ever been out of work for an extended extended period of time living off your uh living off your wit as it were but uh before before we heard from angus mcshay that was a new jam it featured uh austin idol the uh southern wrestling legend the only dude to ever shave the head of jerry the king lawler in Memphis, in Memphis history. I, I understand what he's talking about there in that bit about, about not having heat. Your boy, your boy Icy Robots doesn't necessarily feel like he has all the uh, all the heat in the world. I see your your dude as, he's kind of like a well-meaning baby face. Like when the big bad guys are beating up, like one of the uh, top baby faces, one of the over, over faces. Your dude Icy Robots would be one of the guys who would run out, he would try to save the guy because he's like a good guy, he's like a well-meaning guy, but the the bad guys would end up just like punching him, knocking him out and throwing him over the ropes. That's that's fine because at least he's on the uh, you know the side of the good guys. He's a good dude, being being nice out there trying to make the world a um, a better place. That's that's definitely important. Just uh feeling like you're doing the right thing all the time, it's good. But there is there's like a you know heel equivalent, I guess your dude could uh I'm sorry. Do you hear that? I'm in the garage. I mentioned that earlier. Do you hear that from outside? They're they're always like jackhammering, over across the street. And the garage isn't as insulated, as the uh, Earth Base office, and you can you can hear this stuff like crazy. They they're tearing things up in this backyard. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing it all the time. They're just like with these. It's no I have no idea what's going on. I don't really care. It happens during the day so it's like you know work's got to happen right but uh I wonder what they're doing. They're just like tearing concrete all the time. I wonder I wonder gets at the bottom of that. I I uh, I imagine not. I guess I could just ask but I don't really want to. I don't want to know that bad. I'll just uh I'll just imagine. Maybe they're building like a like a bomb shelter down there. In in the day it always seemed like they'd be selling these bomb shelters in magazines and whatever, probably on TV. And stuff, but where are the houses with these underground bomb shelters? Did anybody ever buy those? Because I've never seen a house for sale that had like a uh, underground shelter in the yard. Maybe, maybe they're more in uh, different states. It's kind of earthquake prone here in California, so they tend to not have basements and things like that. They're probably still in like old houses in the uh, basement states. I wonder if there are just like abandoned ones like lost in people's yards. You think people have like houses and they don't even know it's in the yard because it just like it grew over, people forgot about it. That's that's something to think about. If you have an old house with one of these shelters, hit me up. Let me know on Twitter. That's is something that uh interests me. Do you hear that again? It's not it's not gonna stop. I'm going to um I'm gonna end this right now and I'm gonna move into the house where you'll you'll not hear as much of that. But uh yeah, at the movies Civil defense officials recommend that everyone prepare a shelter. To be certain of adequate protection, however, the shielding should be that equivalent of three feet of earth. Civil defense officials recommend that for the best fallout protection, your family have these two things, an approved fallout shelter and enough supplies to enable you to stay in it for a maximum of two weeks. A moment at the movies without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper, but you've got icy robots, so that's something. <laughs> I'm deadly serious. I, I think. I'm uh, a little out of breath after running back from the garage like that, pulling up the garage door, shutting the garage door, running back in. It's all, it's all a bit of a workout. But by and large, I'm not like a giant consumer of uh, foreign films nothing nothing against them at all there's like a whole world of movies out there and it's all it's all good man it's just I, I only have so many hours in the day and i have um so many of those hours spent watching watching silly things like bad boys for life silly things like the uh, rhythm section with blake lively that i i just haven't had the opportunity and the time i guess to delve that deep into um the world of foreign cinema i've seen I've seen a few things here and there you know the classics and whatever and every Every year, when it gets to, like, Oscar time, when it gets to award time, they there's always, like, a, a hot shot. Like, a top-level foreign flick that gets in there. But very seldom does that uh, does that flick take home the uh, big award. But this year it did. This year it did, and this movie was a movie known as Parasite. And I, I had actually attempted to see Parasite at one point over at the R.D. Farty Theater. The wife and I both went, but it was... It was a day where we were both, like, racked with allergies, and I, the, the, sitting there and watching the subtitles was killing me. It was giving me a headache. I don't have anything against subtitles. I'm fine with it, but this day, my eyes were, like, bugged out of my head. I felt like a Muppet, like Kermit the Frog, like, my eyes were popping out, and it was just, it was just too much, so we decided we would take it in when it, um, came out on a DVD. We'd go over to Joe Video and check it out, because it's a bit easier, I think. To read subtitles on your on your home system, on your home system. To me, I think what the deal is on the big screen, you're moving your eyes like 10 feet from the bottom of the screen up to the top of the screen. And you're making these these giant sweeps of your eyes. But at home, you kind of you kind of take the whole thing in with one with one big view and it's easier to me that's just me that's just my opinion i your mileage may vary it might be different for you i know not but um we we finally got the chance to see parasite the big oscar winner this movie cleaned up this year it won all sorts of awards and i i wasn't really sure when you go into something like this with everybody telling you it's great and everything that you've seen and heard is that it's amazing it it's very hard to predict whether the thing you're going to see lives up to the hype. And I will say that this movie, for sure, lived up to the hype. It was a lot of fun. At first, I was having issues with the subtitles. At the beginning, there's a lot of the scenes where all the characters are talking, 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 all at the same time. But, um, things kind of settled in. After a while, you started moving into scenes where it was just, like, one or two characters on the screen at a time. And it was all easy. It was all good. And I I gotta say, I liked this one quite a bit. It was really well-acted. It was really well-written. Everything came together at the end and just a way that makes perfect sense but at the same time you didn't you didn't really have any idea anything like this was going to happen when you first sat down it's a it's a real thrill ride a lot of twists a lot of turns a lot of surprises lots of lots of things like that the uh the basic idea of the story and I don't want to I don't want to give anything away because I went in not knowing very much i had like a little bit of a loose outline i looked at like the rotten tomatoes or whatever and i i had kind of like a small idea but i didn't I didn't really know and I, I enjoyed watching it all unfold in front of me, watching all these things happen. So I don't wanna I don't wanna give too much away. I don't really wanna like blow it for you guys. I want you to have those same same experiences. But the the basic idea is it's set in Korea, in South Korea, and there is a a down on their luck family of what what I would call grifters, not maybe necessarily like con men, like professional con men, but they they're always out looking for a scheme, they're always out looking for a plan, and they they leech onto this wealthy family and things go from there. I think that that's about what I knew going in. That's about what I what I heard, so I, I I was really surprised with a lot of the things that happened. This movie was this movie was a lot of fun and I think that I think that the accolades that it's gotten are are well deserved. I I realize this movie came out a while ago. I realize you've heard all this before. I listen to movie pods, a lot of different movie pods, and I'm just absolutely sick of hearing people talk about Parasite, but I... Kind of thought maybe you guys would be like, I wonder what my dude Icy Robust thought about it. I I think I might be a good gauge. I've gone ahead and I've reviewed a lot of movies for you guys over the years. At least 200. We did 200 of the uh, old show. We've done, like, 17 of these. So there's, like, at least 200 movies. So you've heard all those. And by now, you should be able to, like, compare and contrast your feelings on the movies I review to kind of figure out how you stand in relation to what I, you know, what what I think about movies. That's that's kind of how it works with a reviewer like Roger Ebert. You know, you're watching Homeboy for years. You heard him review a movie. Some movies you agreed on. Some movies you disagreed on. You were able to like calibrate, you know. And I I thought this was um I thought this was really good. I don't think it was the greatest movie of all the times and all the spaces, but I do think that it was it's deserving of the awards when when you get down to award season honestly i i think that they could go in any direction and not be wrong if you would have gone ahead and said 1917 is the best movie of the year i would have to say well it's a big spectacle it's a big story it's a big story lots of things going on lots of moving parts it's very very thrilling very visceral if that one okay that's great. I understand. If they said once upon a time in a Hollywood one, i go, well, you know, Quentin Tarantino took Los Angeles and turned it back into uh, the 60s in very minute details. And he told this really interesting story that went in all these different directions. And there's a lot of good acting, a lot of good things going on. at that one. I would say, okay, I guess that's fine too. When Parasite won, I hadn't seen it yet. But now that I have seen it, I can say, well, Parasite would deserve it too. It's It's really hard to decide what is the best of something because art is all just sort of a matter of opinion. Honestly. There there is of course like certain levels of quality inside of art, but it's all just a matter of opinion, man. You like what you like, you got what you got, you pick what you pick. And I, I think if you win in any number of ways, I guess is what I'm saying. But um Parasite was the actual winner. And that's Parasite. that's all fine. I, I, I cannot disagree in any way. This was a um tremendous film. It was it was one of those where things you see early pay off late. This happens many times during the movie. And to me, that's, that's a sign of a good script. If you introduce something, you should, you should kind of have it pay off. It's always nice to see things pay off. It's very, very satisfying to get a payoff for something that you noticed and remembered during the course of a, of a story. I would recommend this one to just about anybody. If you really, really hate the subtitle thing, if you really can't stand it, then for sure stay away. I understand that, um, Netflix is going to be doing a English language version with Mark Ruffalo, I think is what I heard. And you can, you can wait for that. That's all fine. It's all good. The, the homeboy who directed the movie, his, um, his other big hit, as far as I'm concerned, this is the other one that I had seen, Snowpiercer. That's getting a TV version too. Interesting time. Interesting time to be alive. Who would have, who would have thought that one day there would be two different Bong Joon-ho properties on television at the same time. It's crazy. It's wacky. What a time. What a time to be alive. I say that. I say that all the time. But it's true. What a time to be alive. We're going to have a Snowpiercer show. We're going to have a Parasite show. They're both going to be fun. Jennifer Connelly is in Snowpiercer. And that's awesome. That's great. Anything that has Jennifer Connelly, I'm happy. It's good to see uh, good to see her on my boob tube. Um, at any rate. On the good old-fashioned source magazine, Mike Meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to give Parasite a solid four mics. Mike. Four mics. The Jeffersons, Alice and Trapper John M.D. will return next Sunday at their regular times on most of these stations. like second tier KLA members. All righty, tidy whitey, we are back. I think we have a pretty good uh top five list ahead of us. We're gonna go and take a look at the Justice League. We're gonna take a look at the the top five B list members of the Justice League. What I what I mean by that is when you got the Justice League, you have a very segregated kind of deal. You got Batman, you got Superman, you got Wonder Woman, you got Aquaman, you got the Flash you got the Green Lantern to a degree. You got the Martian Manhunter. You got you got all these guys who are on this tier, and even within the tier, there's numerous tiers because you got the the Holy Trinity. ...of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman... ...then you got, like, Flash, Green Lantern... ...and, like, that all the way going down... ...to what I, what I consider to be, like, the B-list dudes. The lower-level dudes. But these guys, these guys aren't just merely grunts. They're the heart and soul of the team. They're what, they're what's attracted me to the Justice League over the years. Of course, you know you're gonna get Superman, you know you're gonna get Batman... ...you're gonna get all that. But it was always fun to see who were the other guys who were the other dudes that made up the team and over over the course of the next i don't know 20 minutes or so we're going to we're going to take a look at what i think about these guys and who the ones are that i favor over others i i pulled this list right off wikipedia i went to wikipedia and i looked up justice league members so if you got any beef with anybody that I put on the list, blame it on Wikipedia, blame it on the people that edit that, it's not me, I didn't do it, I didn't, I don't have any part in that in any way, this is going to cover Justice League, Justice League America, Justice League International, all the, all the various Justice League strike forces and whatever, so, with, with all this out of the way, I don't know, let's, uh, let's get started and see what we think, number five, Justice League International member, Dr. Fate. My number five on the list is a dude who goes by the name of Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate is like the Sorcerer Supreme of the uh, DC Universe. He has an amazing, amazing costume. And I think this is what, this is what like drew me to him. Because I'm not, I'm not necessarily a guy who goes for magic. I don't like, I don't like all the magic tropes. But Dr. Fate was somebody that I always thought was dope. I... I liked his blue and yellow color scheme. I liked that he had kind of, kind of like a brighter, like a brighter blue than like a Superman or a Batman. And I thought it went, it went like really well with this like Egyptian style, like, like yellow golden helmet that he had. I think, I think one of the things that like really, really, really drew him to me is that I, I had him as a a superpower action figure and he was like far and away one of my favorites. I love that dude. I don't have him now, but I I really would like to get him. As I recall, I, I I hit him with a rock. I threw a rock at him and he got disintegrated. Me and me and my friend Andy, he always would talk me into like throwing rocks at my figures. Dude, dude was a terrible influence. He's probably the reason why I spend so much time now like trying to trying to recreate my toy collection but Doctor Fate is cool because as a person he's a doctor his name is Kent Nelson but when he when he dons the helmet the identity of Doctor Fate takes over so Doctor Fate like he lives within the helmet all the time he's always alive he's always around he's always here but then when when Doctor Nelson puts him on he becomes Doctor Fate it's great he's like the vessel in which the uh, magic uh, kind of courses through and does its thing out there to uh, save the universe, to fight the good fight. Now, the reason Doctor Fate's number five on the list is because I really couldn't tell you like any amazing Doctor Fate stories, any interesting Doctor Fate storylines. I was really just, I was really just drawn to like how he looks, how cool he is, how neat he is, of a of just like a visual character. He's really great. I would like it when he would like use his spells. It would seem like Egyptian onks were coming out of his hands. I like I like onks. I don't like wear one or anything. I'm not like I'm not like a goth. I'm not um death from the uh vertigo line. You you should see me right now. I'm like throwing my hands forward. Like I'm shooting onks out. Onk, 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 onk. I'm Dr. Fate wearing a helmet, shooting onks, 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 onks. It's it's pretty neat. At one point there was a. Uh, there was a female Doctor Fate, like a gal donned the helmet, and then she, uh, she got the power and she could shoot the onks. And I, I liked that too, man. I thought that um, the costume converted well to I mean like a female attire, unlike a lot of costumes in a uh, in comics. They don't, they don't always translate, but they often, often do. Let's see what uh, what's number four? Number four, Justice League of America member, the Black Canary. My number four on the list is Dinah Lance herself, the Black Canary. And while I do think that the Black Canary is is a core member of the JLA, I think that I think that at her core she is a B team member. But she's also she's also a legend. So I could see her being the type that would be like she would be like leading a B team or training a bunch of B team members or showing Young Justice what to do. As a matter of fact, I was just watching uh, Young Justice. On the uh, DC Universe app, and they had a scene where where Connor, the uh, superboy on that team, had to uh, he had to engage in hand-to-hand combat with the black canary. And while he thought, I'm super powered, I'm gonna whip on this chick." she actually she used her judo and threw him to the ground and he was surprised it was much to uh, much to his chagrin, he was slammed to the mat. I, I first kind of came into contact with the Black Canary through the green arrow. They are married in a storyline, and I, I've i always been like a big—I've always been a big Arrow mark. And her her connection to him made her a character that was like near and dear to my heart. She she was like, well, Green Arrow is kind of a flaky guy. He's kind of flighty. You all know what the character's like. She's very grounded. She's very down to earth. And she kept she kept him. She kept him just grounded. It's the only word I can think of that fits, and that was something I I, I really respected. It was something I really liked. They seemed like they had, they had like a real-life relationship. It wasn't like a comic book relationship. It was real adult, real neat, real fun stuff to see. Uh, The Black Canary is a legacy hero. Her mother was also the Black Canary, but if I am recalling correctly, and feel free to correct me if you, if you wish, I don't believe that she had powers. I think that, I think she was just like a costume vigilante, and that the, the canary cry, uh, that Dinah Lance is unique to her, but I may be wrong. I may be wrong altogether. I'm just going right off the top of my head. It was, it was fun to see the Black Canary on Arrow, the TV show Arrow. I preferred the Katie Lots. Version of the Canary over the uh, Katie Cassidy version, but neither one was the uh the full on comic book Black Canary that we all know and love, and that's fine. It was still cool to see her on TV, but when you when you get these versions of something in a TV or movie, it's always kind of it's always like a multiverse version. You're not getting like the strict comic book version that you'd like to see, and that is that is a bit of a disappointment. But I thought that um Katie Lotz really kind of carried herself in the way. That was very fitting to the Black Canary. I, I when I when I think of the Canary, I think of the martial arts skills. And Katie Lots really could like bring those fight skills to the uh, to the small screen. The the Black Canary is a legend. If you made the superhero Hall of Fame, she would definitely go in. Not not in like the inaugural class. She's not a Superman. She's not a Batman. She's not even honestly like a green arrow. But she is a legend. She's a hard worker. She's a member of the of the Birds of Prey. She was just in the Harley Quinn movie that I saw the other week. She is a. She's a character. That's going to be around for a long, long time. And so, I am happy to put her on my list. Let's see what is next. Number three. Justice League International members. Booster Gold and the Blue Beetle. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that dude who makes a list and throws all kinds of, like, wacky twists or, like, weird things in there. But when it it comes to Booster Gold... And the Blue Beetle. It's really hard to, um, separate them. They're like, they're like a tag team. They're like Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. They're like Axe and Smash. They're like Hawk and Animal. They're just like, to me, they are two dudes that you think of together. And these two guys were like, they were over like Clover back in the day. I've always been a big comic reader. This was one of the periods of time in which I was like at my biggest comic reading. The era of the uh, Justice League International. And I was... I was pretty enthusiastic. I would read my comics and I would talk about them and I would tell my brother the stories. I would tell him the things that happened. I would tell him all this because I, I was just like really in love with this team. This was, this was when Keith Giffen was the writer and the team was a bit wackier. It was a bit more lighthearted than the, than the dark kind of stuff that we were, we were seeing at the time. And it was, it was like a shining light into the uh, history of the uh, Justice League to have something like this, especially after, after the whole uh, the whole Detroit team was disbanded by Aquaman, if I recall correctly. Was it the Detroit team? Was this the satellite years? I know not. I'm doing this all off the topic, uh, like I said, but the the JLA had been disbanded by Chairman Aquaman, and that's two things that aren't really great for you, having your team disbanded and having Aquaman as your main event star. It's not not great. I like Aquaman. I think he's cool, but when, when the Holy Trinity are gone and you're down to Aquaman vibe, vixen steel and all these guys the team the team needs an overhaul and this jli was the overhaul you needed you got all new members. you got an influx of new blood it was it was a big deal it was such a big deal like i started with on this whole thing that we actually named our dog booster we got a dog from the pound it was an airedale terrier nice dog loved her to death and we named her we named her booster Booster was cool, and my brother was into the Blue Beetle to a degree. I've never seen him into any superhero. I think now, even if you asked him, he would say his favorite is the Blue Beetle. And this was just for me telling him the stories of uh, Booster Gold and the Blue Beetle together. He would run around and be like, I'm the Blue Beetle. Like, he'd run, and he would jump off the back of the couch and try to land on my back and be like, I'm the Blue Beetle. And I would, I would, like, mercilessly flip him to the ground. As brothers are known to do... The uh, the deal with Booster Golden Blue Beetle is Blue Beetle is a uh, following in the footsteps of an earlier hero that was also named the uh, BB the the identity of the beetle is that he is a wealthy industrialist that goes by the name of Ted Cord but unlike unlike the other famous industrialist in the superhero game Bruce Wayne the Blue Beetle is more he's more lighthearted he's more jokey he's more he's more comedy and that was that was something i was really into back in the day. I don't know why I changed on that, but I'm not really like into jokey kind of comic book characters anymore. I don't like quips. I don't like it when the dudes are fighting and they just got all these comical quips. It gets on my nerves. But at the time, I was I was into it. And his his cohort booster gold is a guy from the future. Is as, as I recall correctly, he was like a college football player that got wounded. And he was wound up working as a guard in a museum in the future. So he stole he stole like a uh like a Legion of Superheroes flight ring. And he stole a couple other like superhero-related articles from the uh, museum that he worked in, as well as a time bubble. He got Rip Hunter's time bubble. And he used it to come back to what we consider the present day, but to him is the past. And he used all this to forge himself a name as a superhero. He went out there and he became Booster Gold, superhero guy. But one way that he differed from other superheroes at the time is like, while he did do it to help people and he did a lot of good and he fought a lot of crime his main motivation was to be famous he wanted like product endorsements he wanted to be in movies he wanted to be a star more than he more than he wanted to help people and this often backfired on him it was all it was all good it was all jokes these two guys were and honestly they remain one of my favorite characters on the on the comic book wall of fame in the office i have the uh, blue beetle number 1 That came out back in the day. It's not the first appearance of Ted Cord, but it is a neat comic, and then right above it, I have Booster Gold number one, which is the first appearance of Booster Gold. Neither of these, neither of these are like valuable comics by any means, but they're both comics that I have a lot, a lot, a lot of found memories around, so for those reasons there, that's why they make the list. uh, Before we get down to number two and number one, I want to send a quick shout out to show sponsor MetaHuman Comics, the Imperial Valley's number one brick and mortar comic book store all right hold it now hit it this episode brought to you by metahuman comics imperial valley's best in comic books action figures and collectibles located at 444 north imperial avenue el centro california number two justice league international member mr miracle I, uh, I didn't realize how heavily this list skewed toward the JLI until I sat down and recorded it. But I guess that is what it is, man. This is my list. This isn't what I think is the best. This is the one that I like the best. And the number two on the list is another member of the JLI. This is the guy that goes by the name of Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle is a, uh, he's a Jack Kirby New God character. And his gimmick is of that. The power he possesses is the power to be the greatest escape artist. Of all of time and space. I don't know if he has, like... If he's just, like, a very skilled technician at escaping. Or if he has some kind of power that's, like, mystical in nature. So where he's not going to... You can't confine him. I know not. It's just... It's just dope. Mr. Miracle is one of my favorite characters in all of comics. I can't... I can't say that I've read, like, a million billion Mr. Miracle stories, but I I was really drawn to the superpower figure of him. I like the blue, the red, rather. For a second, I started um, thinking about that Dr. Fate figure. I am really transfixed with that right now. I might have to... um, I might have to look into reacquiring him. But the, the story behind Mr. Miracle is kind of interesting. On uh, um, the uh, Kirby New Gods, there is... There's like a good place and there's a bad place. The good place has the good guys, the bad place has the bad guys, and they were they were constantly at war until the two leaders, the all father, the good guy and dark side, who you know is the bad guy, decided that the the one way that they can assure peace is they would trade sons. They would each send their eldest son to be raised on the other one's planet. The the good guy knew gods they got Darkseid's son, Orion, who ended up becoming a great warrior, great person amongst them. And Darkseid's side, they got Scott Free, who is the All-Father's son. His name is, of course, Mr. Miracle, and they tried to break him. They tortured him. They beat him. They brought him up like a child soldier, and they hoped that he would turn evil, but he never did. He continued to be who he was, and eventually he escaped. And then when he escaped from Apocalypse, this uh, started up the whole New God War all over again. It kind of it turns out that, like, all along... Darkseid knew that he would torture him, he'd poke him, he'd kick him, he'd prod him, and then the dude would escape, and when he escaped, it would let him jump off with all the troubles all over again. Mr. Miracle eventually, like, went to Earth and became a superhero. He became a performer. He did all kinds of, he did all kinds of cool stuff. Amongst these cool things he did was becoming a member of the Justice League International. He came along with his wife, Big Barda, who was one of the, uh, female Furies on Apocalypse, and his, uh, business manager, a guy by the name of Oberon. And between the three of them, they had some they had some neat moments. They had some neat comedy. I I was really into, like, the comical, comic aspect of the Justice League at the time. I've tried to, like, I've tried to reread some of the issues. And while they are cool and they are funny, it's not what I'm into now. I think at the time, after after sitting through somebody like Dark... And gritty reboots. I know I said this earlier. It was like a nice... It was a nice ray of sunshine to see superheroes smiling. To see these guys laughing and having a good time. It was... It was really great. The JLI is something that I look back on incredibly, incredibly fondly. This was... This was, again, during the peak of my comic buying time. And I would go down to uh, fantasy books and games every week and hope... And hope, beyond hope, that there would be a new JLI. Eventually they spun off, like, Justice League Europe and, like, a Justice League task force. And I, I got bored of it. That's how these things are. Something's cool and something's popular. And then they give you more of it. And more of it. And more of it. And you just, you just become sick of it and you end up not liking it anymore. So... I don't know. I guess you got to run for the money, but maybe sometimes you can think about the art and how to how to expand the art and stretch the art in a way that keeps it cool, keeps it fresh, but also stops you from overloading. At at any rate, I I do like Mister Miracle. I haven't read many Mister Miracle stories as many as I would have liked, but I I've never much like gone for that Kirby New God stuff. That's just me. I I don't, I don't dig it as much as some people do. It doesn't it doesn't connect to me. What I really liked was that Mister Miracle had this really neat costume. He had a really neat action figure. He had a super hot, tall wife. He had a buddy. He was like on this cool comical team. Dude, just seemed like he had it all going for him. You know, dude, just seemed like he had everything going for him. There, there's a Mister Miracle series out now. I believe it's written by Tom King, who I know from his work on uh, work with the Batman. And I haven't read any of this, but it's getting it's getting rave reviews. People are just like over the moon about this. I hope that it pops up on the uh, DC app soon, so I can I can give it a look. See, let's uh, jump forward and see who. Who's my favorite? I see Robots' number one favorite. Justice League Dark member. Zatanna. My number one of all the times and all the spaces Justice League member in any iteration of the Justice League is... Justice League Dark member Zatanna Zatara. Zatanna is a magician. She has the power that anything she can say backwards... She can make happen. All she has to do is say, like, I want your hair to turn blue, but say it backwards, and your hair is blue. She is practically, like, unlimitedly powered. That made no sense. Her power is almost, like, on an unlimited scale. I'm right now thinking, all the things you can do with this... All you got to do is learn how to talk backwards. Now, I don't think that's easy. I can't do it. I don't mean like you got to say like the words in, in reverse. Like, let's say you're going to say like the word. You're not going to say word the. You have to say the entire thing backwards. Like E-H-T and then spell word backwards. I don't I don't want to do that out loud. I started to do it. Then I'm like, you're going to start spelling things backwards and you're going to get it wrong. And then you're going to sound really dumb, dumber than you normally do. I think in like all of comicdom, in, like, the entire world of comic book characters, Zatanna is probably, like, my biggest comic book crush, I think the idea of, like, even having, like, a comic book crush is kind of weird, but I, I would have to say, in all of them, in all of the comic universe, it's Zatanna, I, I like the little top hat, I like the fishnets, I like the, uh, The tuxedo tales, the whole thing. I think that, like, right now, what DC needs more than anything, what DC needs to do more than anything that they've ever done or ever will do, they need to make a Zatanna movie with Alex Daddario from, um, what is she from? She's in all kinds of things. She's in Percy Jackson. She was in True Detective. She was in the Baywatch movie. She was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, one of the reboots. I know not... I know not which one, but um, they need to cast her as Tana and make a movie of it. It is gold. That will be guaranteed gold. There's, there's always been talk of a uh, Justice League dark movie. That's the, uh, that's the Justice League she is in currently, even though at different times she's been a member of the, uh, you know, the standard Justice League, the standard Justice League of America or whatever. But I've heard talk of a Justice League dark movie. I heard at one point like Del Toro. Was connected to it. It never it never came to be, but every once in a while, the idea kind of pops up, and I, I I look forward to that someday happening. Whatever me, man, I would make you know just straight straight Satana solo movie. I I like Satana in that she's not the most well thought of magician in like all the the DC universe. I recall one one story where Batman needs some uh some mystical investigation, and he calls her, and he's like. I need you to look at this for me. And she's like, okay, yeah, you know, I'll do it. And she does it. And she's like, you know, Bats, I'm really flattered that you would call me, that you would call me of all people to help you. I'm glad to help you. I'm glad to be here. And Batman looks at her and goes, Dr. Fate wasn't available. And uh, I I thought that was horribly mean, horribly awful. I thought it was also something Batman would say. But I, I liked how it really, like, brought a humanity to the character that wasn't there to me before. You kind of... You kind of saw her place and you saw where she fit. And I wonder, I wonder sometimes if she feels like, you know, I am actually the most powerful person in all of time and space. I can do anything. I could do, I could do anything. All I got to do is say it backwards and it'll happen. I wonder, I wonder if there's some kind of limit to her power. Like, could she say, I wish it was 1954 all over the world and then just, you know, say it backwards. Would it become 1954? I do not know. The outside limits of her abilities. There has to be some. Her her first appearance was in Hawkman number four. This is a comic I have. I bought this like many, 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 many years ago before comics started blowing up. And it's dope. I have it. What's not dope about it is that she's not on the cover. Hawkman's on the cover, so I had to put like a little post-it note that says first appearance a Tana" on the back just so I would remember when I see it up there on the Wall of Fame, like, what is this random issue of Hawkman doing here? But I'm glad I have it. The book has started to uh, really go through the roof. Key issues are just going through the roof, man. It's it's a bad time to be a comic collector. It's a bad time to be a comic buyer. But uh good time to be a comic seller, I guess. But uh, I, I'm glad I have it. At any rate, there you go. She is my number one favorite Justice League B team member, but there are all kinds of really cool characters. There are so many, so let's uh, let's give a quick shout out to some of the other guys. This goes out to everyone ever in the Justice League. Fire and ice, you're in the house. Commander Steel, you are in the house. We'll be on the Dills, fixing, you're in the house. The whole Justice League, Detroit. You're in the house. Batgirl, but only as oracle. You're in the house. John Constantine from the Justice League Dark. You're in the house. Rocket Red, Captain Adam, Dr. Light, Maxwell Lord, the Elongated Man. You are all in the house. Big shout out to the Human Comics and reading actual paper comics books. You made it this far, it's time, the final segment, the Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff informational moment. Alrighty, Tidy whitey, it is me. We are back for what is the final segment of the show, the last one, the end. We're gonna We're going to do some stuff, talk about some things. Then we are gonna get up out of here. i got a I got a note card. I got a few different things written down on the card. the The first one is KFC next to Joe Video. We were over at Joe Video the other day. We were renting parasite after after we picked up the movie, we dipped into the KFC next door and we we shared a pot pie for dinner. Those KFC pot pies are delightful. They're great. They're amazing. We got one of those a couple biscuits and then we drink a uh, soda and we're sitting there right and it's me her maybe one other person we're playing pokemon while we're sitting there we're we're battling each other we're just having fun you know we're we're getting along getting ready to go home and uh the the girl at the counter comes up and she goes excuse me you're going to have to leave the lobby right now and i go excuse me she's like right now you're going to have to leave the lobby. And she's looking right at me, right? And I'm thinking, what is this about? I know they have like a sign up that says you can't be there for more than half an hour. But we hadn't been there anywhere near that long. We'd been there a little while, but not, not like half an hour. We were kind of dilly-dallying over the, uh, the pot pie and, and playing Pokemon and having, having a nice time. And I looked at her and I, I'm thinking, what's going on here? Is it excuse me? And she goes, now, you have to leave the lobby now. And I'm, I'm like, what an indignity! I'm about to be outraged, right? I'm about to go, excuse me, how dare you? I bought this pot pie. I've been sitting here for 17 minutes. You, you have no right. But then I saw behind her, the entire kitchen was full of smoke. Like there was smoke everywhere, and it was starting to come out into the, uh, into the eating area. I didn't realize they called it a lobby. She used the word the lobby a few times, and I'm thinking, holy heck. There's a fire back there. Why is the girl so nonchalantly saying to me, oh, excuse me, you guys have to leave the lobby right now. I realize she shouldn't be yelling fire, but she said it so low and so nonchalantly that I was just like, what's going on? And they're like, there's smoke. I can see flames, not tons of flames, but I can definitely see flames back there. I don't know if it's the cooking flames or, or what's going on, but homeboys back there have like fire extinguishers. They're squirting them. And stuff and dudes are on the phone. I imagine they're calling 911. So we grabbed the pot pie and we got up out of there. Grabbed my soda. I actually went over and I got a little bit more ice for the uh, for the drink. I like to chew ice, but I um we we dipped. I've never been in a restaurant when like the kitchen caught on fire before. I've never heard the sitting area called the lobby. I've never not never had any of these things happen to me. I like to um I like to share things. That have never happened to me in my life. Because by by this point in my life, a lot of a lot of different weird things have uh have happened. I've been working on this project kind of uh kind of slowly. I am replacing the O-rings on a lot of my G.I. Joe's. I bought a pack of a hundred. A hundred O-rings. That will way more than get me through this project. But a few years back, I bought another lot of O-rings and I switched out all my dudes. But I got I got some cheapies. I got uh, I skimped. Your boy skimped. What else can I say? I skimped on it, and now I have a lot of Joes on the DL on the disabled list with burst O-rings. Lots of lots of dudes standing with like their upper body right next to them because they snap. So I I decided it was time to get my my collection in order. So I ordered these um these O-rings and they they arrived. So I've been taking them like one two a day, maybe three a day when I have time to um do it, and I'll. Replace the O rings and give them like a good going over and stuff. That's the main reason I've been doing so many um, GI Joe pictures over on Instagram. That's at I C Robots I S E E R O B O T S. I highly recommend you guys follow me over on the Instagram, even though I usually cross post it to Twitter. So if you're following me on the tweets at I C Robots again, you'll probably see the same thing. But um. That's the main reason I've been doing this so much because I'll, I'll repair a guy and I'm, I'm looking at him I'm like, you're pretty cool, man. You have some nice details and I'll take him outside and take a little picture. It's fun. It's a good time to, uh, good thing to enjoy your hobbies. You know, it's a good time to spend hobby time. We all we all need hobby time and repairing Joes, taking pictures of Joes. It's, it's neat to get your collection in order. A lot of times we just kind of put something on the shelf and you'll see it, you'll kind of look at it, but you do kind of... You gotta bring it down and actually check it out. You know, you gotta actually factually like check it out with your hands. And this is a good excuse to get the opportunity to play um, with your toys. I've I've talked about this a few times. The biggest uh, GI Joe score of my life was at a charity garage sale. It was late in the afternoon. It was like two two in the afternoon, I've told this story before, I'm going to tell it again, because I think it's a really, really valuable parable, let me, let me break it down, it was really late in the afternoon, and I, I, I was, I was being whiny, I was being a wuss, I wanted to go home, but the wife's like, no, we gotta keep hard charging, if we're gonna get the good stuff, and I said, okay, I guess, but, but, I was, I was being a pill, we've all been a pill sometimes, you know what that's? you know what it's about. And I didn't want to go to this um, charity garage sale. It looked whacked. It looked small. But when we went to it, I made the biggest G.I. Joe score of my life. I got a giant, a giant case full of figures. I got vehicles. I got guns. I got the bulk of my G.I. Joe collection all in one swoop. I had a A pretty decent Joe collection at the time. I had some pieces, some nice inbox stuff. I had some stuff from when I was a kid. But this, this was like three times what I already had. It was amazing and it goes to show you never want to give up, dude. You never want to give up hope. These things are out there. You can strike at any time. It's like when you're doing a slot machine. You pull and then more than likely it's going to come up with nothing. But every once in a blue moon, it comes up with something. So... You do kind of got to make sure you get your, get your pulls in there, even though I don't want you guys to think that I'm advocating, abdicating, advocating for, for the gaming industry, but the, the moral of the story is, the moral of the story is, I, I had this big case, right, and inside the case there was like many, many, many heads, arms, legs, just all kinds of, all kinds of weird pieces, and I've, I've kind of been putting off like actually digging into these and seeing what was in there, but I I had this multitude of o rings, right? So I said, "Hey, you got a little extra time, you got the multitude of rings, why not tackle at least a little bit of this?" So I I've been digging into there and I've managed to put together like a few like a few entirely complete figures so far. Nothing nothing awesome, Nothing that I would go out of my way to get. various cobra vipers, like a toxo viper, a mountain climbing viper. they're they're not dudes I'm overly familiar with these These were guys from after my collecting days. i only I only went up to a point and then i I started getting interesting and interested into like, you know, different life things for a short period of time. So some of these late series jejos, the guys who have like neon colored weapons. And, like, crazy neon-colored uniforms. You know, you know what I'm talking. Where every, like, second or third guy is a ninja. But these are all essentially freebies. All it took was a little time to put them together. A little time to, uh, go into my various G.I. Joe guides. And and determine, like, what weapons that I have laying around go with what guys. I'm surprised whoever had this collection in the first place. Because this is still, like I said, the, uh, the big gold strike. The big lucky ka-ching. So I... I, I got to give it up to whoever had this collection because there's mostly complete stuff in here. This guy did a great job of keeping track of his weapon. Some of these Vipers, these various Cobra Vipers, have, I can't even tell you, man, millions and billions and zillions of accessories. You in hope and fear and loneliness. See. I see robots. The beautiful Davies Hall. Free. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. February 14th, 15th, and 16th. <laughs> TV44 San Francisco. Long range firepower. Secret Bio, superposability, bad attitude, battle core figures, each zone separate, come with their Joe. The wife has been doing a similar project. She she's been known to collect a strawberry shortcake or two. And the other week she got a box of strawberry shortcakes. Very similar to my my G.I. Joe strike. Like, I'm not even kidding, like dozens of strawberry shortcakes with clothes, with hats, with shoes, all kinds of stuff. And she's totally geeked on this. She got it at the flea market from one of the cannibals. We'll call him Cannibal Rob. She, at the dig, has talked to Cannibal Rob a few different times. My wife is a very nice, very friendly person, very non-threatening, very professional person and she's been she's been talking to dude a couple times. My wife's also just she's the type who'll just strike up a conversation with people, the opposite of me. And her and, and the guy had just been like randomly chit-chatting. And she saw the box at the flea market. He had the box and she asked him and he he cut her an amazing deal. It was like 20 bucks for all this stuff. This is like the mother load of strawberry shortcakes. And the moral of the story of this one is It pays to make relationships. She put some time in, and she got a great deal from uh, Rob the Cannibal. She's been having a great time putting these together, too. It's neat to see her doing what I'm doing, like, almost the same time I'm doing it. Like, I'll do it in the afternoon before she gets home, and then she'll do it on the later part of the evening, like when we're watching The Flash or we're watching whatever it is we're watching. It's cute. It's fun. It's fun. Strawberry shortcakes are cool. They're not my bag or anything, but when she puts one together and I see like the completed strawberry shortcake or like blueberry muffin or whatever, I don't know a lot of their a lot of their names. Goofball Grape, I know not, but I I like to see it when they're all together. They have little combs, they have little hats and little shoes. I can definitely see why um why a girl would get into these the the varietals of the characters, while not rivaling like GI Joe or. Whatever for a girl's property at the time. This is a you know a lot of skews, a lot of variety. She's having a good time. It uh pays to make relationships. Her and her and cannibal Rob get on. They're the thickest thieves. We we saw these guys over at the uh Sebastopol flea market the other day. We were at the taco stand. They have this one stand that's just delicious, just delishioso. amazing taquitos. And we're over there eating the taquitos and. And Cannibal Rob comes in buying a couple uh, of Coca-Cola's full strength Mexican style Coca-Cola with that real cane sugar in the glass bottle. He's buying a couple of those. They're great. They're just like they're dripping uh, condensation. They look delicious. I myself I get stuck with the Diet Coke trying to cut down on my sugars. But Cannibal Rob doesn't matter. He can uh, he can he can afford the extra calories. But she sees him and she goes up and she starts talking to him. And I'm thinking these guys eat human flesh. These guys are crazy. They're the cannibals, but my wife, she has no fear. I, I gotta give it up to her as well. I'm, uh, I'm kind of sort of realizing that maybe, maybe you don't know who the cannibals are. I hang out at this place called The Dig. It's the Goodwill outlet store. I go there when I get a little time. It's fun. It's, it's where the goods go before they go off to die. It's pretty neat. You buy stuff, you buy stuff by the, uh, by the pound. Lots of weird characters hang out over there and a couple of the dudes are these two guys called the cannibals they look like um they look like um that dude what's his name uncle psy from duck dynasty is that his name i saw a couple episodes of that it was it was actually kind of fun but um they they look like that dude but if they were mean psy is like he looks like a mischievous guy but he looks like a nice guy imagine if life had treated him worse and they were they were angry guys that's the uh that's the cannibals. They don't necessarily do things to me, but uh, I've seen them be mean and angry to people. So it's interesting to see the uh, the wife getting on to this guy like that. If you want to hear more about the dig, I talk about the dig a lot on the patron show, the patron only show. I record from there. I I for whatever reason have been sort of that's become the home of dig stories. That's more that's more of like a looser gooser conversational style kind of kind of show and a Let's talk about what's going on over there. It feels more comfortable. It flows better. But at any rate, I I'm happy to see her do that. I got I got a toy a while ago. Hold on, I'm reaching for it. I I got this actually right before Christmas. I I put a watch on it on eBay, and uh, Homeboy hit me up with an offer that was too good to refuse, and I I took it. But I had all these Christmas presents coming, so I, I just kind of tossed it on a shelf in my closet when I was uh, in there the other day. I don't know what I was looking for. Something. A board game? I don't know. I was looking for something. I I saw him there, and I thought, hey, why don't I open him on the show? What he is is... I already have cut the packaging, but I have not looked inside. He's in a bubble mailer with no, with no other kind of uh, any sort of wrapping. Very... Very poor job. Um, but he is a Sun Gold Galaxy Wrestler. These are these are sort of like this kinda well they are knockoff, like he many kind of guys. This one this one looks just like Hulk Hogan. I think he's great. I love him. Let's let's go on to the online real quick and uh look at these Sun Gold wrestlers and see if this guy this guy has a name so that you can uh you can look at him yourself. He's a dead ringer for the Hogan. He's a Hogan knockoff He-Man. He's amazing. You got he's great. I love him. He only cost me like $7, I think. It wasn't even, it wasn't even in any way like... It was just nothing. It was great. It's, um, I have another one of these with the exact same head, but he's not a wrestler. He's a boxer. He has boxing gloves. I got him at the, at the Oakland Flea Market. I'm on the online right now, but the, the sites aren't loading You ever get, like, these internet issues right when you... Right when you need... Let's see. Sungold Wrestlers. Action Figure Archives. Let's see. Uh, Let's try this site. If it... If it connects, we'll be... We'll be stoked. Okay. Here we go. We got some... Some info. They were called Champion Wrestlers. And they were put out by a company called Sunco. There was also one that looked like a Superfly Snooka. There's another one with a mask. They... They came in like single or two packs. the The mask one is pretty cool. I I like He-Man bootlegs. I don't go like all in on them like some people do. I I, I do dig them. There's like a whole universe of these uh, He-Man style bootlegs. I remember the spot for those around here was Long's Drugs on Fourth Street. The one that had that the one that had that cool soda machine in the front. The one that had that uh That coffee machine where you could get that like a chicken soup in a cup with a playing card on it. If you, if you remember the old Longs, that place was like the, the hookup for these, um, maybe, maybe even these exact style ones because it does look very familiar to me, but they had all the knockoff Sun Gold, like, uh, various, let's see what those were called. I'm still on the online Sun Gold. We'll try knock off the Galaxy Warriors. Is that what they were called? Yeah, they had this whole line of them. They they had some really awesome figures in that series. There's one that has like a wolf head. There's one with like a lion head. These are great. If you're near a computer right now, type in Galaxy Warriors bootlegs and get those to come up. They are definitely dope. A while ago, it was like right before Christmas too, I had um I had an auction where I was bidding on the uh the wolf face one and I, I ended up dropping out because I had to uh I had to buy Christmas presents. You know how it is. But um, I, I do like this dude. He's very he's very Hulkamania. He has a headband. He has the uh, the balding forehead. He has engorged muscles. He's dope. He also has a uh, very He-Man style fuzzy briefs, yellow fuzzy briefs. I let's see. Uh, what else is? I'm uh I'm still kind of in this rabbit hole of these sun gold wrestlers. I'm 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 kind of poking away on a on eBay. Here is. Here is a carded one, and they have the different dudes on the back. There's one guy... There's one guy with kind of a Native American motif. There's one that looks like he would be in, uh... In Demolition. Like, he would be in Demolition. The, uh, WWF tag team. He has, like, the, the brass buckles and the, uh, straps. There's one guy with... He has, like, a mask, but he has, like, a ponytail as well. There's, a. Uh, sort of a Hulk Hogan looking one, but he has a full head of hair. There's a guy with face paint and then kind of a, uh, sort of like an Ultimate Warrior looking kind of one. The guy wants 60 bucks for this. That's, that's not really, um, I'm not looking at that right now, but there's, there's all sorts of, uh, bootleg wrestlers. Here's like an Andre the Giant looking one. They're all, not all, but a lot of them are on He-Man scale. So that's, that's pretty great. That's a hole I could fall into. Let's let's try not to let that happen. A lot of them come from Europe, too, I'm noticing. There's an abundance of carded versions of these overseas. So if you happen to be like, a, like an ISR listener who's over there and you see one of these, you know, hook me up. Hook me up. Hook your dude up. I'm nice. I'm good to you guys. But uh, anywho, let's see. Is there anything of note on the uh, card left? Nah, I think we're... I think we're all good right now. You know, now that I'm I'm, I'm online looking at these uh, wrestlers, just like go on eBay and Google uh, knockoff wrestling figures and see see what I see. A lot of these guys are so familiar to me that I, I wonder if a lot of the He Man's I had were actually these guys. Maybe not like a lot, but maybe like some. This dude here with the ponytail, he looks crazy familiar. I I remember getting lots of knockoff toys, etiquette, lots of things that like cost plus, lots of things that longs, lots of, lots of whatever, my family wasn't afraid of a, a bootleg, and I wasn't afraid to play with a bootleg, I, I'm looking at these guys, and man, they are bringing back so many memories, I, I like this one here, he's a Hulk Hogan bootleg like mine, but he has a belt, I, I love wrestling action figure belts, I have a whole little cup full of belts, I'm always finding them at the dig, like at the bottom of the, uh, of the bins, or at the flea market, just, like, randomly on people's tables, if I see, like, a wrestling belt, I'll, I'll always get it, but, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note, I, I really love this guy, this sun gold dude, uh, made in Hong Kong, it says right on his right shoulders, he's so, he's so Hulk Hogan, I love it so much now, but I hated Hulk Hogan so much, when I was a kid, that dude, that dude was such a pariah to me. Is there anything of note that, uh, that I might, that I might need to tell you guys? Let's see. Oh, this is, uh, this is kind of an important news note. The family's going to be taking like a, uh, unexpected trip next week. We got the chance to take a, a vacay, like a vacation trip. So we're going to jump on that. So the next week I'll be gone. So that's going to kind of... That's gonna kind of push the schedule back a week. As soon as I get back from the trip, I'll jump into uh, starting a new episode. But uh, that's gonna push things back a bit. But not next week. But the week after that, there's gonna be an all new, all fun, patron only show. That's that's my baby. I think that this episode of the POS is fantastic. I loved it so much. If you're if you're a Patreon subscriber. And you're not listening to the POS, I understand. Some of you guys don't do it. You're just trying to be supportive. I want you to know I appreciate your support. But I want you to know that I'm giving back. I want you to check these shows out. I make them just for you. I make them for you. They're fun. They're great. And if you are not a Patreon subscriber, I think this is a great time to jump aboard. It's great. I'm having these issues with Pooptronics. We've got some cash flow, cash flow problems. But uh, as well as that, if you don't want to be like on the, uh, the charitable tip. Aside from that, there's uh, so much great content there. There's already like a million different shows. Not even close. But there is there's quite a few. There's Things I've Recorded at cons. There's the Icy Robots Radio. That's a mixtape show that Iceberg and Emily used to make back in the day. There's tons of those. I got another one of those coming up soon. It might already be up there by the time you guys hear this. I think I actually... I think it will be, so there's a, uh, Icy Robots radio, just dropped tons of great beats on that, tons of great music, it's fun, Iceberg, uh, Iceberg has some good DJ skills, haven't seen Dude in a while, I, uh, I miss him, man, miss him sometimes, miss you and Emily, if you guys are listening right now, hopefully, hopefully someday, I'll be able to get back at you, but, uh, head over to supportthereport.com. That's where you can find all that great Patreon stuff. I appreciate it. Every time I pick up a new patron. it's just like a warm of my heart. It makes me feel good about the world. So, I'll see you guys in a bit. Keep an eye out for that POS. And until we speak again, if you don't know, I know. only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, to toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, The IC Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. Supportthereport.com.